Hello and welcome to the Wild Horseman Podcast, where we trawl the depths of the streaming services for movies with the most epic deaths. I'm Tom. I'm Witty. And I'm Ollie. And today, two of horror's greatest characters unite for one hell of a performance. Jason. Place your bets. So we've just finished Freddy versus Jason on Apple TV and damn, that was a wild ride. Horseman, give us a plot summary. Mate, I'll tell you what, uh, towards the end of watching it just now, the three of us were looking at each other like, what the fuck is going on with the actual eye? You, you may, I think your words were, this is very thin, uh, the plot. But the, the very basic plot to get the carnage going is Freddy Krueger has been forgotten. So he's powerless against the yowth of the bloody... Uh, you know, the town that he used to tra- you know, terrorise. Uh, the adult population, specifically a couple of cops and one chick's dad, know who he is. Um, to get his power back, he gets an old mate. Well, not an old mate. Uh, a guy he knows about called Jason Voorhees, who's an undead killing machine from Lamp, uh, Camp Crystal Lake, to start killing kids in the same place that he would have for them to start going, oh, did you remember this? Do you remember that? Do you remember this name? Freddy Krueger, bang, gets some power back. People can't fall asleep. Two of the lads from the previous movie uh, have escaped from a mental hospital and round up with another bunch of teens, including Kelly Rowland's in this movie, which is hilarious. Um, and it's all about trying to survive these two, killing everyone around them, trying to kill each other, but mostly trying to kill our teenage protagonists, antagonists, whatever the fuck they are. So the theory behind this movie is that Freddy's power comes from being feared. Is that right? So yeah. I'm, 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 I, 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 I Full disclosure, this is the first Freddy Krueger movie I've seen. So there was a lot of uh, what the fuck is going on in this movie for me. Yeah. yeah. Witty, would you agree with like the older ones it was, it's fear. It's definitely the fear, but you've got to know who the fuck he is in this movie. That's what they're saying. They're like, if, he's like, they forgot me, so I can't be afraid. They can't be afraid. But the originals, I'm not sure whether he just started showing up in people's dreams. I can't remember. So looking at his origin story, um, he was a, a pedophile within the town. Um, the townspeople found out what he was doing, came and burnt him in his what would be his home or his hideout. Um, he comes back to haunt through their nightmares, so obviously they they know who he is. So he haunts their nightmares, but um, yeah, it is fear that drives it. Once they forget about him, he loses his powers, which is sort of where we wind up at the start of this movie. Yeah, and the, the opening sort of sequence is Freddy's entire backstory. Pretty much, yeah. Um, you know, look, where's Craven back in the day really builds around what Freddy Krueger was when he was a man, what he does as a, as a fucking freak, how people can fight him, how they can test him. The whole falling asleep thing, if you've never seen the, the Freddy movies from back in the day, would be a little bit weird because they kind of like really focus on it and they're sort of moving away from it because you've got Jason fucking Voorhees chasing after you. It's a confusing movie on that in that way. But um, I actually really, really enjoyed this movie. Total, I'm going to say this is strong C grade, agree? Yeah. <laughs> I yes. mean, come on now. Well, Sprinkler B. Sprinkler, Sprinkler B. B, yeah. It's got the um, budget for B. Definitely. It's got great production value. Like, it's, it's a mm. high-class movie. It's got pretty strong people attached to it as well, obviously, including Wes Craven. Um, but, yeah, it's just it's a bit confusing, especially if you don't know the intricate backstory back of Freddy. Because this is, the way I saw it, this is a Freddy movie that Jason is in. That's, that's how it well, seems to me. That's how it starts. And then it seems to really focus on... Jason's 
backstory in a way and Freddy impersonating his mum who controlled Jason from the original movie and all that stuff. They, they, they do their best to blend it, but these guys are so complex, like you're saying. Freddy Krueger's backstory is complex. Jason Voorhees' backstory is complex. Witty, how many movies do they have each? Yeah, so they've got 12 Friday 13th movies and nine uh, Nightmare on Elm Street, which is Freddy Krueger. Let me ask you this. Which one came out first? Um, it was uh, yeah. Friday, Friday 13th in 1980. Uh, I'm going to go with uh, Freddy. Freddy. He's definitely researched it. Yeah, it's definitely Friday. Jackson, Friday. <laughs> they were up to they're up to the fourth Friday thirteenth by the time Freddy came out. Yeah, right. There you bloody go. But the same guy has played Freddy all the way up until this movie. Robert England. Robert, Robert England. England. Since nineteen eighty four until two thousand three, he played Freddy. What a way to make your career as one character. Yeah. This was this was his last performance as Freddy Krueger, uh, in the in the franchise. He must have been getting on even in two thousand three. When, when was the first Freddy movie coming out? 84. So he'd been 84. doing it for 19 years. 19 years. And he wouldn't have been young when he started. Yeah. Can't look as old as fuck. <laughs> but anyway. <laughs> oh, he's, got, he's got acting credits back into the 70s. Like, he's actually done a, a, a whole bunch of stuff. Oh, yeah. The name Robert England to me is a pretty famous name outside of Freddy. I couldn't name a movie if you fucking pointed <laughs> the gun at me. But yeah, I, I'd heard of him before that. Yeah. Well, aside from that as well. Um yeah, right, okay. So Jason had bloody four on the go before. Um, you got to admit, though, it's a really cool crossover in a way that they're two completely... Di- like One of them is so psychological and one of them is completely physiological. Like, here I am, I was drowned as a kid, I'm, I'm going to fucking kill you. But one of them, what I like about Jason's backstory and a lot of his movies is when they're still set at Camp Crystal Lake, like, as Witty said, there's 12 or 13, 12 of their movies of, about Jason. Some of them are Jason in Space, Jason in Hell, Jason in New York, Jason X which is, I think, set completely randomly. I can't remember that set. It starts getting crazy. But the original ones, it's like, if you don't go to Camp Crystal Lake, you don't know who Jason is. With Freddy, I can't remember why it's Elm, oh, it's Elm Street because that's where his house got burnt down and stuff like that. But you can't escape him as easily. If you're just like, oh, I don't want to fucking interact with Freddy and fall asleep and he's in your dream killing you, it's a bit harder to get away from. But like, this movie just seemed to make, to me, that Jason's the good guy or the lesser of two evils. But it's hard to know because it was just fucking crazy. Yeah, well, I mean, Jason was summoned by Freddy to, like you said, instill fear into the children who are all about 30 when you actually look at the, <laughs> yeah. the actors who play the children in this movie and therefore give him power so that he can come back and torment them in the dreams. And excuse my ignorance on this, but he can somehow get into the real world as well or damage he does in the dreams translates into the real world. That, that was not explained very well. Is, is that, poorly is, explained in this movie. My memory doesn't serve this podcast well enough to explain how that works, but I know that if you are killed by Freddy Krueger, you're fucking dead. Well, here's my question that I wrote down. Does he have any influence in people falling asleep or is it simply once you're asleep and dreaming? Because Kelly Rollins falls asleep face down in a doctor's waiting room, like leaning forward like she's about to fall on her face. And we both we all know that's not an appropriate way to have a sleep. <laughs> I just don't think they had enough time in this movie to get that part of it going. So like people would just start falling asleep in really shit ways. Like I think this movie's really fun. This is an absolute romp. Um, we'll, we'll talk about one of my favorite scenes, which is the cornfield <laughs> rave. And when you watch this movie, even if you don't want to watch a, a full-on slasher flick, you just want to go on YouTube. Have a look at it and ask yourself the many, many questions of what is wrong with it. Witty gave one reasonable answer about what could have been happening there. 
But because of the time shortages and they need to pack some killing in, like you said, mate, the plot line, plot line's razor thin. You know, the 30-second summary part of this podcast could have been is Jason kills a bunch of people, let's guess. Freddie kills a bunch, let's guess. Yeah. Well, it's also super <laughs> hard putting together two heavyweight horror slashes and making it a, a believable, plausible plot line, right? And I'll spoil a, um, a fun fact I was going to say later, but they burnt through $6.8 million worth of scripts to get to this final cut. Ooh, and I, hate, the, I, hate I feel to like it was written by a one. fucking monkey. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they, wrote eight, they wrote over like 18 different scripts. Um, and let me tell you, it's, in the, it's on the Wikipedia. There are some whack storylines. There is one where they essentially make joy, um, Jason Voorhees um, OJ Simpson and he stands trial in a courtroom for his <laughs> murders. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's legit. The awesome fun fact from Witty. Yeah. Crazy <laughs> talk from the guy. Who who fucking pitched that? Mate, I just had like I Oh, don't... by the way, did you hear Kelly Rowland's uh Columbine line? In the movie. In the movie. She says a, she says like, what is this a Columbine thing? Two kids at school and, and a parent dead at home. Oh, Columbine right. only happened, what, 1998, 99? This came out in 03. Very intense references. Also, George W. <laughs> on the wall. His fucking head's on the wall behind the freaking sheriff. Mate, some political shit's going down. Yeah, this movie doesn't really get out of the early 2000s, does it? It screams of early 2000s. Mate, America had bigger problems. It's called the war in Iraq. <laughs> <laughs> God, I'm trying to remember, is that what times were like back then? Oh, mate. Yeah. So the, our first introduction to Jason is... At the house, at um, the main character Laurie's house, when her and Kelly Rowland's character Kia uh, have a couple of dudes over for some sort of party. I can't remember what their sleepover sleepover, but she the, she's kind of upset about something, Laurie. But I can't remember what it is. Um, well, Laurie's upset because or her she just not boyfriend that had gone to the mental institution, Western Hills, where he's being held by her dad or partially held by her dad. She believes um, he left when they were 14. I believe this is four years later. They do say it's four years after that. So Kelly Rowland's character's like, come on, you never date anyone, rah, rah. There's some guys here. And they're like the two of the biggest alcoholic fucking yobbo punters that have ever been, ever walked into a house. And like a psycho abusive guy that's there to bang the other chick. There's three girls. Um, so she's quite upset because, you know, she lives at home with her dad. Her mum's dead. Her partner ran off, allegedly, or moved away with his family and never contacted her. And Kelly Rowland kind of like shoves it in her face a little bit. But um, I think it's also because they didn't tell her that these boys are coming over and they're like forcing her into a situation. Yeah. And that's where we, that, like I said, that's where Jason makes just a, a great entrance um, to our one of the persons named Dre, uh, Trey. Trey? Trey. Yeah. <laughs> just a terrible name. My had, guy's mate, called Trey, man. It had, Trey. To be, it had to be Trey or Chad. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The two options that they had. Yeah. Awful. But his death's fantastic. Yep. Lying after having a bit of coitus, having a lie on the bed, and then uh, Jason storms in there with his machete, stabs him through the back a few times in his bed, and then somehow, it, there's no reference to the fact it's a folding bed, but somehow folds the bed up with him in it. <laughs> but so he's inverted, so his spine would break backwards, so the back of his head is touching the back of his feet. Very yeah. creative. Yeah. 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 I was going to say, like, I'm just cutting off Woody here, but I can tell he's thinking it, so I want to bounce it off him. I feel like that's a very Jason Voorhees type death as his movies continue to, like, as his own franchise continues. If you look at Jason in space, he starts killing people, 
like that all the time. Like some lady, he walks up to her, grabs her by the head, whacks it into ice, and then just smashes her head, breaks her ice head open on a counter, and just walks on like he's having a cup of coffee. Like he starts killing people very imaginative ways. I guess. Yeah, I think you you kind of have to though, because um, how many ways can you like slash someone with a machete before it gets kind of boring? One hundred percent. Yeah, 100%. which like there was cool death though, cool death, crea- the creativity death. in here. And look, without talking about too much, looking at them, like you said, one kills in nightmares and one kills in like the physical world. And I thought it was a really smart idea to have a, a character like Freddy Krueger to be able to kill in such insane ways in a nightmare because you can get really creative. Like it was a smart move by the director because you can really cook up some horror shit Absolutely. in a nightmare. Yeah, mm. so. But uh, yeah, we've just seen uh, good old Trey Chad <laughs> stabbed and folded. Yeah, and then his mate goes home after the mur- his, his friend's murder and runs into Jason on the porch. And Jason has cut his dad's head off and his dad's head somehow propels itself off its own neck and into his hands. Yeah. Uh, did you notice that the, <laughs> the head popped off? Yeah. It does like a little 180 but pop off, doesn't it's it? It's also, there's no, there's no severance in the neck either. It's, just, it's perfectly attached until it just pops off. It's yeah. like, it was like, you have to be like surgical with that thing because if he's going to slice the guy's head off, was the guy sitting there like, waiting, <laughs> waiting to get a freaking haircut and he's just like had his head off? Like, Oh, man. I actually love that scene just because of what Woody and you just said, Tom. Um, it's so good that the guy wakes up like, oh, dad, there's no blood seeping down at all from a decapitated guy and his head is just like, nah. <laughs> the, dad, pops off. the dad's just like fully closed, just staring straight ahead. Right? <laughs> well, something's off with him and then like puts his hand on his dad's like shoulder and the head just goes, <laughs> like, falls off and then like, <laughs> starts oh, raining blood. Yeah, and then old mate, uh, so he's like, Jesus Christ, jumps up, and then Jason's there, isn't he? And yeah. I believe from memory, he gets, him to death. He, yeah, yeah. he gets fucked up. Yeah. yeah, I think it's like a slash off screen, though. Yeah, it is. The, it's that's right. He picks split. up his dad's head yeah. to protect himself, and we don't see it, but he's gone. Pretty gory he's stuff. Gone, yeah. Um, and it moves pretty, ra- like, I mean, the movie actually moves along pretty fast. Obviously, um, um, Laurie goes to the police station because of her friend, the death of the tray in her house, um, and one of our. One of our favorite comedy actors, Lachlan Munro, is one of the cops there. He's the guy from um, Scary Movie. He was in A Night at the Roxbury. I think he was in more, more than one Scary Movie, though. Uh, he's in Scary Movie 1 and 2 as a recurring um, character. He dies in both. This is what's funny about these kind of movies is they're using guys like that from movies that like he dies in Scary Movie, then they're all alive again. He goes to the house in Scary yeah. Movie 2. It's yeah. hilarious. Yeah. He, he always plays either a jock or a cop. Yeah. Pretty much. Very much. Yeah. Very tight cast. Yeah. yeah. Um, so they go to um, the cop station, and that's when that's when Freddy's kind of introduced in the movie, like beyond just um, sort of the the intro where it's about like his backstory, and he's sort of explaining he's got to get his strength back. And then when Laurie is in the police station, she's like she, she runs into um, the little girl who's I think from the opening scene. So she falls asleep in the interrogation room, and Freddy sort of takes over her brain and and. Freddy Krueger, and he loves children, especially little girls. Freddy's coming back. Soon he'll be strong enough 
So are we led to believe that because she heard them talking about Freddy, but she herself did not know about him. So just from hearing that, she's now fearing that Freddy's returning and now she's having these nightmares. Yep. Is that how we're saying? And very coincidentally, because old mate at Western Hills saw the news report about a death in the house that he knows the girl that lived in, they've busted out. She's getting scared at school and they rock up at the exact right time for the blonde head punter to scare the fuck out of her with the story of like, this is what they're seeing or whatever. So you are right, but it's also extremely coincidental because her immediate friends have no idea what the fuck she's talking about until those two lads rock up and he's like, that's what they're seeing, man. It's like, yeah, you just fucked everybody and they yeah. acknowledge that later in the car. Yeah, they do. Yeah, so that's, that's, I think you're right, Woody, in that that's the first ex- example of where They've quarantined off Freddy from the other movie by getting those two guys into the asylum where they're not allowed to have dreams anymore. Yeah. And then by the... But the cops remember who Freddy is though. Yes. That's what I was about to say. The cops uh, remember him very well. That uh, deputy cops shit scared of him. Why isn't he getting hacked up? And then isn't he supposed to go after kids? Yeah. And these are like, well, they're supposed to be teenagers, but they look like they're 30. Yeah. And all, the old cops, like, we don't say his name out loud. It's like, mate, that doesn't seem to matter. He's in your dreams. <laughs> <laughs> hey, d- this is, I was going to ask Weedy to look up something for me right now. I would really like to know what the reception of this movie uh, critically was. I'm going to say it maybe has like a 6% on Rotten Tomatoes or some shit like that. I think, anyone, bit, I think it's a bit better than that. A bit better it's, than that? It's, okay. not, it's not great. I, I really enjoy it. What you have to do, folks, with this one is, and you know, once again, we always say it when necessary, there's a lot of frontal nudity to begin with in this movie. There's a lot of pretty fucked up killing. Don't watch it under 18. Don't watch it with your parents. Just be weird. Look, and I, then, you know. I've got the IMDB rating. And look, I'm just tracking back. I, I think this might be the lowest rated movie that we've actually... Uh, I'm going to go with a 2.7. Oh, no. 4.5. Oh, it's 5.7. Yeah, man. I watch. If anything hits a six on IMDb, I'm like, I'll give it a crack. So five point seven is not the end of the world. Yeah, I watch shit from the 1930s, man. I watched the original Kong the other day. It's fucked up. Anyway, <laughs> yeah. Um, what I'm saying is, these guys had such a job on their hand because they got these two major guys facing off. But let's let's we're we're really kind of trying to get our heads around it, folks. The plot you will not agree with. You might not understand. And even if you're an absolute buff on these two characters, you're gonna be like, what's going on? They're in the same world. How does Freddy know who Jason is? Ponder that question yourselves. Let's get into some fucking killing. Well, now I would need to really think about that question you just posed, <laughs> mate, because that's a very good question. Yeah, well, there I, you go. Look, I think that, and look, a lot of fans would be able to, like, true fans would be able to answer that. I think that there's prequel movies where Jason goes to hell, and that's true. where Freddy is. So maybe they may have crossed there. paths and Jason goes to hell. Yeah, I don't come well, Look, there's a whole lot of, like, linking up that we just don't know about because we haven't. Well, seen them all or seen them recently. Mm. But um, I tell you what, you ask a true fan, he'll tell you. <laughs> and, yeah. uh, and with that, we move on with the killings. Fuck yes. And into the cornfield. Woody. Oh, into the cornfield. Take it away. Here we go. So basically, with all that's going on and people dying, their uh, tweens decide that it's a great idea to go to a cornfield rave. <laughs> um, now, this is where it really starts heating up uh, as we both see Freddie and Jason... Uh, start to come out to rack up the kill count a little bit. So Freddie's looking to 
uh, start knocking off some people to get stronger, to be able to come back properly and start haunting people again. Um, however, the, the first killing we find out that he's really ticked off because Jason starts picking people off. Uh, <laughs> and I think it's with uh, Gib, the one of the friends who always wears a red hat. She's so blind. Sucks she, cans of pierce. Exactly. She <laughs> sucks cans of pierce. She's passed out, like like blackout drunk, lying on the floor in a cornfield, and Freddy's attacking her in a nightmare. Some brave freak covered in glow sticks <laughs> comes crawling out of the cornfield and, like, obviously is, is, is going to, you know, have his way. Like, terror, like, I mean, what an idiot. Like, you're covered in glow sticks. Everyone will be seeing what you're doing, man. Um, <laughs> where he is impaled by Jason, who then impales Dib as well and proceeds to throw this glow stick rave head 20 <laughs> meters in the air or like hurtling into outer space like flings him. Oh, shit. He's so strong. Oh, man. It's so like, good. Do you know what that, that corn scene, all that I could think about the entire time we watching it. Ah, oh, no, the corn. Paul Newman's going to have my legs broke. <laughs> Oh, Jesus. Check out that Simpsons episode, people, if you're a fan. Um, no, you're dead right. What what Witty is just laying down for us there is the beginning of a scene of absolute carnage. Uh, Jason throws rave rapist, you know, old R&R, straight up in the air after he impales him. That guy died the way he deserved to. Um, and he steams in and just starts cutting up people. Um, and it's pretty hectic. Do you know what's really important about that scene as well is that... Is it Dib, the girl? Yep. So that is the first time that... Freddie is about to kill someone. So he's about to kill Dib because remember she falls asleep and she goes into the barnyard with uh, yeah, Freddie. Yep. Worry about my little Aaron, boy. The only thing to fear is fear himself. So he's about to kill her and before he can, her chest explodes because Jason yes. has stabbed her. Jason has impaled both her and... Glow stick rapist. Yeah. <laughs> and that's the point where Freddy goes, hang on, Jason's doing too much killing. I need to take back control of him. Although they don't really explain it at all. No. And as we've already gone back to you, folks, we don't want to run this into the ground too much. Freddy can go into people's frigging dreams. Jason can't be everywhere at once. But they really overreact. He's like, oh, no, oh, he's doing too much. It's like, mate, don't try and get into someone's dream. Who's at a fucking rave, all right? Maybe go to their fucking teenager who's at home in bed. I don't know. Like, use your fucking brain. But that scene is cool. I do like the fact that they're two lads who are like, oh, man, this Everclear is fucking me up. Like, they're drinking, like, hell hard liquor. Jason just steams in, snaps a cunt's neck like there's no tomorrow, just twists his head right around. Oh, fair play to the fat punter, the other guy. He's like, he stands his ground, blows pure alcohol on Jason, sets him on fire, gets made fucking pierce. Um, by a flaming sword thrown by Jason as he runs into the party. Jason extracts that from him, mate, and just starts chopping people up. I wanted to ask you both, as you watch that scene, how many guys did you see just sort of sitting there waiting to be slashed? Yeah. I think people I like running off, away. I think I counted off five. Yeah, me too. It's a recurring theme where people just seem enable to run away from... Except the cunt that douses him in beer and puts out the fire. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I found that scene hilarious. Obviously, our main characters hit the uh, frog and toad. Um, Witty pointed out whilst we're watching it that uh, they're all pretty upset, but then they're like, oh, we're not going to talk to the cops. No, 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 no. Well, just take me home. Man, well, it's 10 ridiculous. counts dead, mate. 
Hey, what? their friend's just been impaled and then like murdered in a cornfield. Firstly, they leave her there. Like they don't know of authority, like the cops rock up or anything. And then they all hop in the van, go home at the end of the night. And Kelly Rollins is like, I'm so sad. <laughs> like, I can't believe she's gone like crying. And then she goes, good night, Will. Like, good night. Like, cheers. Good night. Like, yeah. Sick night. Yeah. Have a good, have a good sleep. Um, Only one of us was almost raped. Our friends masked in a cornfield with a whole bunch of others. But... Yeah, good that was a good point by by Witty at the time. I just I just sort of watched that scene. And I was like, mm, why is that gimpy guy getting listened to all of a sudden? And um, they're just blazing a joint in the back of the fucking Snoopy van. Just yeah, what like, was his name? Freeberg. <laughs> yeah, I don't know what he is, man. Uh, hilariously, just fucking terrible right there. And they just seem to know, like them old deputy stubs, seems to just know who Jason Voorhees is as well. Like he's like, oh, I think this is a Jason Voorhees copycat. How did he know how which he know house they were in hanging out? Yeah, but also how, look, even before that when he's in police station, like why would he connect a mass murder in a cornfield to Jason <laughs> Voorhees who killed people at a lake which seems to be many, many hours away because they drive there later in the movie? In what point would he make the connection? How did Jason find his way to the rave? Did he find like a, the, one of the flyers? He could smell them. <laughs> the guy's made out of fish. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know <laughs> One of the many things That don't make sense yeah, yeah. yeah Don't know how he found them But So From from there I think it's In order They've left their mate Mark at home right So Mark and Will Were in the asylum together Yeah So for, So For some reason I actually know They go back to To drop After their Mate's murdered Dropping everybody home At the end of the night Get home safe They drop um, Laurie home and she has the confrontation with her dad um, and then basically they whip over to see Mark who's been sitting by himself at home the entire time and unfortunately Mark has dozed off so I want to ask you does he die? we don't see him he's, oh, on, he's on fire oh. at one point yeah, so he's he, getting he, he's getting tortured I by Freddy th- in a dream while his mates watch from the window and can't get into him. And he he burns that message into his back. Yeah. I think they refer later on in the movie to him being dead. He's dead. I count him as death. In my yeah. death guess, he's dead. Yeah. Me yeah. too. Yeah, yeah. And also the writing on the back. It looked like Nickelodeon writing, man. <laughs> <laughs> Freddy's back. I'll Freddy's say this much, folks. There is some again. jump scares. Do it in like old English, man. Yeah, it'd be more gangster than that. But um, this movie won't scare you, it, it, but it is entertaining Codswallop. I'll, I'll give it that much. It's I, I do like it. I do like it. But yeah, he he um, he dies, we believe, tortured, set on fire. He does have his face slashed in front of them as well, obviously from internally. Don't want to get too bogged down. I think he's dead. Then they start making tracks to um, the, the actual medical hospital to try and get some uh, effectively no-dose. Crack, and this is essentially where the the majority of the plotline unfolds, which Tom had a lot of good questions about. Yeah, well, I mean, they, so they go to the the insane asylum to get the drug that makes you not dream, hypnosil. Hypnosil, <laughs> right? First of all, the guard at the insane asylum. Is- <laughs> <laughs> I can't help it. Sorry, this is so fucking stupid. So good. Someone's trying to break into the insane asylum. So first of all, that would just never happen. 
Then after the guy bashes on the door for a bit, which I think you pointed out was a pool door. He's pushing a pool, on a pool door. Pushing on yeah. a pool door. <laughs> then Jason, who somehow knows they're at the asylum for no apparent reason, kicks the door and crushes the guard to death. And then it's just on from there. Um, I can't remember what all my questions were, but I just remember it being, just didn't really make a lot of sense. So we don't know when, or maybe I missed it, but our, uh, our tweens, can I call them tweens? Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Well, the main characters, whatever. They have devised a plan uh, to uh, basically... Oh, no, they haven't devised the plan yet. They're going to uh, the asylum to get Hypnosil, which is a drug that stops you from dreaming so that Freddy can't attack us, blah, blah, blah. And they forget about Freddy and then he loses his power. Yep. Yeah. So whilst in uh, the asylum, uh, both Freddy and Jason attack again. Jason just knows where they are. Guy's good at tracking people down. <laughs> um, there's some pretty gnarly stuff in this asylum, right? So basically, really funny character. A guy that's always stoned. He looks like he's about 30, but he's a teenager. Um, he's uh, He says, what does he say? Can we just blaze a J before we go? <laughs> Come on, man. A little time for a little J break. It's like <laughs> yeah, you're fucking literally committing a fucking felony, felony. offense, man. <laughs> yeah. So this guy's you know blazing up. And then starts tripping balls. Um, he sees a Freddy Krueger caterpillar, giant Freddy Krueger caterpillar, come in and start smoking weed with him. So he follows it. And what this thing ends up doing is it uh, possesses him and he starts tipping away all the hypnocell so our main characters can't take it to obviously not go to sleep. Um, and forgive me for really rolling with this one, but um, he's the, the, the stoner is now possessed by Freddy and confronts... <laughs> Uh, from the caterpillar, he confronts Jason and manages to inject Jason in the neck with two uh, syringes full of tranquilizer before getting completely cut in half. <laughs> and that's when cool death, though. I like that death as well. And so that's Freddy trying to get control of Jason, right? Take him into his dream or go basically get into. Um, well, he wants to kill some people, Freddy, to get this power. Yeah, so he needs Jason out of action, regardless. So Freddy, so by knocking out Jason, Freddy can then go into his dreams. And then this assumes, of course, that Jason can dream. Yes. Because Jason is dead already because he <laughs> lives in the grave. So, And that he fears him, right? Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah, Jason's not afraid of anything. So why would he? Why would Freddy be able to go into his dreams? No, my boy Jason not afraid of shit. Yeah. Has Jason also, Jason seen, doesn't know who he is. Jason doesn't see him until he's in this dream, right? So he doesn't even know what he looks like. So how can he rem- know or remember who he is? For all we know, Jason's never heard of Freddy. God, I'm not weird. sure Jason knows. I'm not sure Jason knows he's in a dream. I think, boys, we're going to have to agree. That this is one of the most confusing plot fuckery <laughs> twist fucks we've ever seen. Yeah, I think we need and to I, keep rolling. And I'm going to I'm going to ask this question because I'm dying to have my guess. Because I tell you what, folks, come hell or high water, or ten dime beers, tubby holders, or whatever you want, I'm going to get it right this week. Can I guess the death? And does anyone have an actual answer? I'm sure Woody does. I do. Well, you have, right. your, you have your guess. All righty. Have a good think, mate, because, you know. Now, I know there's quite a number at the cornfield. I have that down as 10. Uh, every main character except two. I count for the argument of this movie that both Freddie and Jason die. At the end, they're dead. 
in my opinion. Oh, no, they're not. Because he gets up and see, fucking walks out with his head. Jason. Yeah. Um, okay, I'm going to go. What you see, know that they're dead is 17 people. I'm going to go with 21, including Freddie, but not Jason. And not including Laurie's mum, who died in the previous movie, but they did show the death in this movie as well. So I'm going with 21. All right, two good guesses. I also want to... Uh, I want, to get, I want you guys to guess, how many did Jason kill and how many did Freddy kill? Well, mate, Jason was racking them up there in the cornfield. Um, he kills rapist, mate, and the chick. Two more guys. Another three or so, seven or eight guys there. Folds the guy, kills the dad. That's it, kills night, the kills the dad, son. I'm going to go with... I'm going to say he gets 11. Jason gets 20 and Freddy gets one. And I, the only one that I'm give, <laughs> the only one I'm giving to Freddie is the centipede um, cut in half guy because he actually possessed him. He was actually killed by Jason, but he was possessed by Freddie first. So the count is twenty two. They've included Laurie's mum. Fair enough. Fair enough. Fair enough. Yep. Um, the count is twenty two. That is twenty kills to Jason, two kills to Freddie. You said one to Freddie. Two kills to Freddie. Yeah, but I didn't count Laurie's mum either. Two kills of Freddie, Freddie's mum and Mark. Our boy Mark, Freddie's back. Burned yeah, that's back. right. Oh, that's yeah. what I thought. I was like, I can't believe you missed that one. Come on. Hey, you said 11 or something. No, that was to Jason. Yeah. So Jason <laughs> Jason cleaned up. And yeah, uh, we don't count either Jason or Freddie as a kill. Okay. Uh, well, Jason walking out at the end with Freddie's head winking at you. They're alive. Yeah. <laughs> and then all the stuff I saw that basically the the common assumption is that Jason survives and Freddie dies, except that they just left left the end open, ambiguous by making Freddie's head wink. Yeah. And I think there was a plan at some point to have a Ash from Evil Dead, the Evil Dead Ash, Freddie, Jason crossover. This guy's oh. reading my fun facts, man. <laughs> but it never happened. Or hasn't happened. No, How the comic. fuck would you do that? They made a comic book today. Mm. Well, really? Limited series of a couple of, couple of releases, yeah. See, that's a cool way of doing it. A comic book because you can go into a lot of detail. A movie would be so fucking hectic. It'd be so hard to understand. So hard. It, like This movie, if you, without having any of the backstory of the two characters, this movie is incredibly hard to follow because you don't really know what the powers are of the two dudes. If you then chucked Ash in from The Evil Dead and had no backstory... It'd just be the most wild movie. <laughs> yeah. It'd have to be four hours long because you'd have to like jam so much facts in there. And guess what, folks? We're going to write that movie for you, <laughs> and we'll film it over the next ten years and see how good we go. Um, what are your guys' favourite deaths? We just learned there's twenty two of the fuckers, and there's some pretty cool ones. Um, I'm going to go with um, bed fold. Yeah, I was, was going to go with that as well. I, I find that really funny for some reason. I don't know what's wrong with me. That's just it's funny. because he's still alive when the bed folds <laughs> up and breaks his spine. It's a great death. I yeah. think that's that's definitely my favorite and death that's, as well. And that's obviously, as Witty just said, there's 20 to Jason, 2 to Freddy. So the bed fold is a Jason kill. I think, I think my favorite, and this is a, a tough one in first place, is Flaming Machete. Just for mm. the spectacle. Like, great shot. Really creative. This guy is... Belting it through a rave and Jason throws a, a flaming machete that goes rocketing through the corner and then just impales the guy. Um, <laughs> That's pretty good. That or glow stick rave guy getting thrown. <laughs> yeah, that, 
Glowstick Grape Fire getting thrown is pretty good. You just feel like some justice has been done then. And I think that's the point where you're like, maybe Jason is, like you said, the lesser of the two evils. Like also, you don't really feel bad about Jason killing people because it's pretty entertaining. Whereas like Freddy's a pedophile. You hate Freddy. Yeah, you want Freddy to die, man. And also, Jason drowned as a little kid. No one helped him. He was disfigured. He'd probably kill a few people. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's a good point. You definitely are going for Jason in this. Yeah. 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 It's oh, like yeah. it's hard to not root for like Mike Myers and Jason and stuff after a while. He's like, yeah, just get on you. <laughs> like, Freddy <laughs> is a very hateable, he yeah. is designed to be hated. Like, yeah. you should be glad that he got burned alive and then died and went to hell. But you, and you're happy to see him die and get defeated. He's a piece of shit. But he's entertaining. I will say that yeah. much. Robert England makes him so entertaining. The shit that he says is. Funny, but you hate to admit it. I don't know. He's a good character. That was a great character. Should we attempt to debunk the ending and the, the plan? Yes. So the plan of Laurie and um, the gang to bring Freddy from the dream world into the real world. Yes. Again, one of the problems when you've got a crossover like this is that without any backstory, when they introduce an element like this, it is for like, and I said it to you guys while we're watching it, how can he? How do they know that they can bring him from the dream world into the real world? How do they even know who he is? They've got no experience with him, and yet she's less like, "Oh, knock me out and give me fifteen minutes, and I'll bring him back." <laughs> and then Jason will kill him. Then Jason will go and sleep in the lake again. How does she know that Freddie won't kill her when she's in the dream? How do they know that Jason will go yeah. back to sleep in the lake? How the fuck did KFC know it was going to be so good? <laughs> so, and this all comes from at the asylum. Freddie uh, possesses the guy and knocks out Jason with the tranquilizer. Uh, obviously that stoner guy gets cut in half. So you're left with a whole bunch of tweens staring at an unconscious Jason and then they go, you know what? You know what we should do? We should, you know, knock ourselves out, go into the dream world where there's two psychopaths killing each other and bring them back out. So also, yeah. why when Lo- does Laurie get knocked out? Why does she go into Jason's dream? I know. How is why? that possible? Yeah, that's what I've written down. How... Can she go into his dream? Yeah. Yeah. That The whole ending, like, yes, I, they had to set up one sort of final showdown between the two of them, but that just that was just terrible. Like, they, they, A better way of doing it would have been, we're taking Jason to the lake. Laurie, <laughs> you're going to go to sleep. And when Freddie comes for you, because he will, when he comes for you, we'll wake you up and you bring Freddie back here in the real world and then we'll unleash Jason on him. Instead of, while Jason's sleeping and fighting Freddie, you go into a dream and his dream... And then you grab hold of Freddy and then we'll wake you up and you bring him back and then Jason will be here as well. It's just... That's fucking stupid. Yeah. It's so how the really... fuck did they spend $8 million on scripts like what he said? Mate, what was the first script like? And get to this like? fucking thing. What was the first script like? If this is what they came up with after 6.8 million... Oh, I'm, 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 I'm million. kidding you, man. Like there's, like, there's eight or 18 and like I said, one of them, <laughs> one of them Jason was OJ, man. It's yeah. literally... Maybe Jason in that movie took them to fucking court. <laughs> For being in this shit. Hey, man, but, <laughs> if the glove doesn't fit. If the glove doesn't fit, if you can't hold the machete. So, look, that's the dilemma we're faced with, uh, people listening. Uh, if you if you do know the answer or some clarity, we would love you to get in touch with us. But essentially, uh, after all these questions, you, it gets a pretty awesome fight scene. Our uh, two heavyweights in the real world uh, doing all sorts of crazy shit. One of my favorite parts, uh, when Freddy Krueger is letting off gas cylinders that are like hurling like like torpedoes through midair to try and uh, take out Jason. That's a pretty good one. Guys. That's badass. Yeah, that's cool. That's good. When Jason jams his fingerless hand into Freddy's guts and like 
like just wheels his hand around in there for a bit. That's great. Yeah. Like, actually, that final, the, the whole sort of final 15 minutes with that showdown is really entertaining. Yeah. It's good stuff. It's cool, yeah. man. Yeah. And for well 2003, done, like, uh, pretty good. Yeah. You know? That brings me to my next question. Another one we always love to guess in game, and I'm sure Weedy's got the answer, is how much did it cost and did it make moolah? Oh, we're going on to the budget question. Yeah, because I think about this movie and I think this wasn't cheap. It can't have been. And because we've been so shit in the past, I'm going to start to aim a bit higher than I used to. Let's do it. Budget. Uh, my budget is going to be $30 million to make the movie. $30 million. And I reckon it made $55 million. Grossed $55. So it made a profit of $25 million. No, I reckon this movie, because there hadn't, there hadn't been a um, Freddy or a Jason movie for 10 years at this point, I think. So I'm going to go with like 70 million budget and it made about 150 million. Good guesses, guys. So Ollie guessed 30 million. The budget is, was 30 million. No, oh. yes, man. Yes. Finally, <laughs> I get one right, man. I knew what happened. That's pretty crap. On the, on the head, is it? Jesus, that's good. And um, what did it make? And they, and they spent 7 million of that on scripts. On scripts. So, <laughs> so here's where it gets a little, uh, here's where it's disappointing, though. Sorry, Ollie. 30, you said 30 and 70. Um, then Tom, I said 55. 55, my bad. Um, Tom said 70 and 150. Budget 30, it made 116.6 million. Whoa. So that's a pretty good return. That's great. That's a fucking massive return. 30 mil still. I mean, look, again, we don't, <laughs> don't really know how much movies cost. Um, 116 million is money in the fucking bank, though. This is, I think this would be the biggest budget movie that we've reviewed. Uh, biggest budget is in spend on the money, on mm. the movie? Yeah. But not the biggest grossing movie. I think Starship Troopers was 100. No, no. Starship Troopers was 90 to make and 121. Right. So that was, Starship was up there. Yeah. Um, that was a flop, though. But this is, that, this is one of the best profits we've seen. 100%. Especially yeah. from... Oh, that's still... In today's day and age, that's a, a modest budget for two characters that, that kind of draw card. If they made that now, they'd be spending a lot more. This is a much more... Like, this was released in cinemas. This is a much more mainstream movie, right? It's not a standalone. It's... I mean, you know, been they've been making these movies for 20, 30... Oh, this was much years. anticipated. I can actually remember this coming out, going to the movies in 2003, or maybe 02, when it was... You know, when you go to the movies and those big posters. I remember going to school on the train and hearing two girls talking about it and how much they thought, how fucking sick they thought it was. Now, I would have been, what, bloody 11 or something. They would have been 16, 17. And I remember being like, oh, I'd never be able to watch that. I'd be way too scared. You know what I mean? But like now, it's just like, this shit is fucking great. They, they had a, um, a full blown uh, weigh in, like a boxing match weigh in, where uh, Robert Englund came out dressed as Freddie and uh, Ken Kersing, Kersinger, um, Canadian actor, huge guy, came out as Jason and they did, you know, like a publicity shoot on it. <laughs> cool stuff. That's pretty cool. Cool promotion. Yeah. All right. It's time for Woody's Fun Facts. But before we do get his fun facts, I've got a fun fact. My fun fact is that there was actually two Jasons in this movie. Ken Kersinger, who's most of the Jasons, through the whole thing, he replaced the previous Jason because he was about two inches taller and they wanted a bigger guy. The very last scene is actually a different guy playing Jason because they shot that scene um, they had a different ending, which they thought was really confusing, so they reshot it. Um, oh, too confusing. Yeah. <laughs> well, apparently the other ending was that then Will, people like when they did the test, the test on audience, the audience thought that Will was becoming Freddy, and they're like, "Well, that's not what we're trying to do." So they had to reshoot it with a different ending, and so they got a different guy to play Jason for that last scene. 
So two Jasons. Witty, go. Fire. Yep. Look, so what I try to do is sprinkle a couple of fun facts throughout the the episode just so it's not so big at the end here because there's quite a few for this one. Um, but so, uh, okay. Uh, first one is uh, th- the first pitch for Freddy versus Jason was in the 80s. It was in 1987 Mm. Where um, I think it was Paramount approached New Line and said, "What do you reckon?" So you know, we got it twenty years later. Damn! I mean, that would have been at the height of the Jason versus Fred, the Jason and Freddy franchises. Like, I mean, there would have been four Jasons already, and Freddy would have been around for three years. That would have been at the peak of its power. Yep. Yeah. Mm. And they so, delivered a shitload of sequels each after that, anyway. Yeah. And look, I, I wouldn't be too so, so, uh, too surprised if some scripts, like we say, six point eight million and eighteen scripts. I think there'd be a pretty big uh, time frame on that. Like maybe they're doing them over 10 years or something like that. So um, you already mentioned there was uh, talks of uh, pitching a Freddy versus Jason versus uh, Ash of Evil Dead, which would be really interesting, but we've already covered it. A um, couple of uh, uh, people who were considered to direct this movie. So this movie, this particular one's directed by Ronnie Yu. Also did Bride of Chucky. Correct. Dope movie. Uh, more famous for probably some uh, Chinese action thrillers, but he's also done some American movies. Um, he did Legacy of Rage with Brandon Lee, if you've ever seen it, and 51st State with Samuel L. Jackson. Um, also Bride of Chucky. Fearless with Jet Li. That's a sick movie, Fearless. Sick movie. That's yeah. one of his. I think it's one of his last acting credits. Um, sorry, directing credits. Um, they were going to ask James Wan. Ah. But he was wrapped up with another movie. Can you guess what that was? That's James W-A-N. One. James W-A-N. And he was wrapped up with another movie. I mean, was it Saw? Saw. That'd be Correct. my guess. Yeah. <laughs> well done, guys. Good guess. I think that's all he's ever was done. The, fir- the first Saw? <laughs> I think so. 2003. Would have been right around then. Right around then. Yeah. 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 Cool. Um, cool story. Cool Rob Zombie. That. But he was wrapped up doing another movie. House of a Thousand Corpses. Correct. Yes. Oh my God, he's on fire tonight. I am on fucking um, fire, folks. Peter Jackson. Lord of the Lord Rings. Rings. No, they failed to comment as to why he did oh, not. It was because of Lord of the Rings. Fucking dickhead. No, <laughs> <laughs> we love you, PJ, mate. Um, cool. So, uh, Freddy Krueger. Also, you know, uh, Robert England wearing a lot of makeup. Um, the latex makeup and the, the mask that he puts on was so thick. They did a lot of scenes where there was some, a lot of fire. Um so first time shooting, and they didn't like take into account how much the heat would affect it. The mask bonded to his face, ooh. So he could, yeah, he had a lot so of difficulty getting it off. So became Freddy Krueger, <laughs> legit man, burned alive. So I think like, we always like to know when you know uh, wardrobe malfunction. Yeah, that's a good one. That's, brutal. that's a good one. Um, on the opposite side, um, uh, not on purpose. Um, so Jason does get lit on fire in a scene in the cornfield. Separate scene where he's fighting with Freddy in um, the boiler room. Uh, a spark went off. A uh, an effect misfired and actually lit, lit Ken Kersinger on fire. Jesus Christ! But <laughs> get this. Apparently, he's he is a stunt man. That's why they wanted him for it. Six foot five, huge dude, stunt man. He was calm as as all can be. Like, was like yeah. yeah, come put me out. Do not stunt. One of the movies he was stunt man in. Do you ask me? Happy Gilmore. Oh, was he? Yeah. And what he was, was he in that? I, can't, I don't know, but he was just a stunt. He's got a stunt. Probably coat. the guy that jumped off the tower at the end. Probably. He's got a heap <laughs> of stunt. He's stuntman in, in Watchmen as well. He's been in heaps of stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Freddie's origin story that we saw at the beginning, uh, it was more of that pedophile. 
they had in other scripts that he actually raped Jason's mum and that he is actually Jason's dad. Oh, what? <laughs> Considering... No. There's that, artistic license yeah. and then they're just, just people ridiculous. that should be, yeah. Yeah, I'm glad that one of the 18 scripts got thrown out when they read that opening line. <laughs> or uh, cool fact. I mean, cool fact though, but Jesus, that's yeah. going a long way down a rabbit hole there. There was another one where he was a uh, involved in Camp Crystal Lake and like he... That's more plausible. It is, but those if they had had those, the fans of the Freddy and Jason would have absolutely destroyed them because they've watched, they know all Freddy's backstory and if it's never been mentioned before and never been hinted to before, <laughs> they'd be like, where did this come from? Hence the millions of questions we have and we hope this hasn't been too confusing, folks. Watch the movie for yourself. It's a great movie. Yep. Just do watch it, but you will be left scratching your head. Yep. More than the collector, you'll be scratching your brain. Definitely. There's a lot of backstory that if you aren't aware of it, it it's not very clear. Um and but it is extremely entertaining i'm very glad we did this one lots of laughs lots of great deaths uh, lots of gore and with that as always thanks for joining us on the wild horseman podcast you can follow us all on twitter at the wild horseman podcast and we are also all on instagram i'm at tom wildy ollie is at wildy ollie and witty is at witty 151 and if you like what we're doing here hit the subscribe button tell family friends and leave a five-star rating on spotify and apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts because it really helps us get the show out there if you do leave a review or an email suggestion, we'll send you a prize. They're on their way, so get involved. And you can hit us up on 2wildhorsemen at gmail.com or on our socials and we'll stick it on the list if you have a movie suggestion. And until next time, we are the Horsemen.